With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. We did it. We made it back in one piece. Everybody's here, including Fritzy, Seton, Marv, Paulie, yours truly, the BRGs. We're ready to go, as we always do every Monday, best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like, Hall of Famer Jim Beheim. a little bit later on. We'll go to the NFL Combine, and uh, we'll talk some see-through pants, Major League Baseball. Eight seven seven three DP show email address dp at danpatrick.com Twitter handle at dp show operator Tyler standing by to take your phone calls eight seven seven three DP show say good morning to our radio affiliates now over four hundred cities around America carrying this program and our streaming partners Peacock thank you for downloading the app stat of the day brought to you by Panini America the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show this first hour brought to you by Tire Rack. The official tire expert of the Dan Patrick Show. Go to TireRack.com slash Dan. Try that easy-to-use tire decision guide. See the full lineup of Bridgestone Tires. Special offers. Free road hazard protection. Mobile tire installation. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Play of the day. Poll question. Stat of the day. All of that forthcoming. All right, there's a few things to talk about. I don't know if there's anything that's front and center, but I'm going to start with this because Peter King announced that he was going to retire from writing his column, the uh, Football Morning in America. So in his column today, and this is way down the column, and I'm looking through it. He had a couple of items there about, you know, moments and interviews and recapping all of the years that he's done this a Hall of Fame career. So at the very end of his column, I'm just noticing it says, uh, I suppose the Bears are going to trade the top pick. I went, okay, we didn't lead the column with this. Then he says, I know nothing, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. So this is Peter King, and Peter doesn't do this, where he just kind of sends up balloons and we go, uh, I don't know, is that one going to pop? Is that one real? He doesn't do that. So when Peter says this, now he's not reporting it, and I thought, okay, because we've been speculating. What do you do if you're the Bears? Matt Eberflus held on for another year. Other guys got fired there. You got Justin Fields. So Peter says the Bears would keep Justin Fields, trade the first pick, and they would trade it to Washington. Washington would take hometown hero Caleb Williams. 
Then he says that maybe if you trade that down, then you get the second pick, maybe a second round pick, and then a first round pick the following year. Then Peter says, what if the Bears would trade that second pick overall to Atlanta? And then they would get the eighth pick. The Falcons would get one of the quarterbacks there. Chicago gets the eighth pick, Atlanta's second-round pick, and then a first and second-round pick the next year. So that would give them the eighth and ninth picks in this year's draft, second-round picks from Atlanta and Washington, three first-round picks, and two second-round picks in 2025. So you would move down seven slots in the first round. The Bears would end up with nine picks in the first two rounds of the next two drafts. So Peter... I mean, you're, you have a hypothetical or, hey, now, he does say, I believe the Bears are going to trade the top pick. Now, he says he knows nothing, but it seems to be the way the wind is blowing. That's kind of reporting something, in my opinion, based off knowing Peter King and how he approaches these things. He's not a guy who breaks news, not anymore. He leaves that up to, you know, Shefty and Glazer. But this is where Peter talks to a lot of people. And somebody's going to say, or he's going to ask. And then somebody's going to say, this is what I'm hearing. And then somebody else would say, hey, you know what I think they're going to do? Now, all of a sudden, it has a little bit, bit of momentum. And we go into the combine week. Because if memory serves me correctly, it was last year at this time that the Bears and Carolina struck the deal to trade the number one overall pick. March 9th. So when the combine ends, everybody's there in Indianapolis for the most part. The GMs are there, and you're able to go, hey, come on over. Let's have a drink. Let me talk to you. Or you do something privately because you don't want to be seen publicly. Hey, I saw the the GMs of the uh, Carolina Panthers, Chicago Bears having a drink. What do you think they're talking about? Now you have this situation. Do you keep Justin Fields? Certainly sounds like that, according to Peter. And then you, once again, you passed up on the quarterbacks last year, and you're going to pass up on the quarterbacks this year. You got to be absolutely, positively sure that Justin Fields is a franchise quarterback. Because you're going to pass up on Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, and you're going to have Justin Fields. Well, you're going to have to pay him next year. You have to say to yourself, we're going to pay Justin Fields $50 million a year. Because imagine the leverage that Justin Fields has. If he knows that you passed on Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels, and he's going to be like, uh, hello, how about we talk about a contract extension there? And it's going to cost you $50 million a year. If you're that sure, now maybe it's smoke. Maybe maybe there's, and look, I've said this before, uh, it's hard to trust anybody when they're telling you something because it feels like everybody has an agenda. Are the Bears trying to drive up the price on Justin Fields? Hey, you want to come up and get Caleb Williams? This is what it's going to cost you? Maybe. But just the fact that here's Peter saying that's kind of how the wind is blowing here. I'm really surprised. Because if I'm Chicago... And I can reset the clock. Now, I, I understand the logic. If you said I could have nine first, second round picks in the next two drafts, I'm pretty set. As long as I have somebody who's really good at drafting people. You can have a lot of picks, as the Cleveland Browns have proven. 
years past. They didn't draft good players. But if you're the Bears and you could get nine picks and you could do a complete makeover, but you would still have Justin Fields, and you would have passed on maybe the next Patrick Mahomes, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams, and you're going to give leverage to Justin Fields, I don't know if he can stay healthy the way he plays. And you're going to give him $50 million? So that kind of caught my attention of things that are happening right now. And granted, Peter wouldn't have put it in unless somebody said something that probably hit home with him that, wow, this could actually happen. You had the combine coming up, and it was a year ago that that's when the Bears and Panthers struck their deal. But, man, are you giving Justin Fields a lot of leverage? And you're basically saying, we are attaching our franchise to you. I like Justin Fields, but when I start to put it, you know, paint that picture here, I mean, I have to really love Justin Fields, and I don't love him. I would love to see him in Atlanta. I'd like to see him back home on the turf, and he'd be playing with those weapons there. That'd be a lot of fun. But if I'm the Bears, would you have kept Matt Eberflus, the head coach, if you were going to move on and draft Caleb Williams? And the reason why I say that is, Caleb Williams comes in, what if the team is not good next year? Do you stay with the head coach? Or do you go out and get a new head coach? If I'm going to take Caleb Williams, or Jaden Daniels, or Drake May, don't I want a coach to come in and be able to be with him for those four years or five years? Instead of Matt Eberflus, maybe he's one and done if they don't perform. Maybe, you, you know, if you, if you take Caleb Williams, there's no guarantee you're going to go, well, we should let Matt Eberflus stay there for a while. He's already been there for a while. So it, it was one of those, wow, that kind of jumped out at me that, yes, Peter retiring, going to miss him. Great contributor to the show, but this was one of those down far in the column where I went, okay, that's got a little bit of teeth to it, in my opinion, when you said, I suppose they will, and that's the way the wind is blowing. Instead of saying, I got a crazy trade you know, possibility here. We do hypotheticals on here, and maybe if Peter had kind of framed it that way, I wouldn't have led the show with that. But the fact that Peter had it, the way the wind is blowing, I think there's something to this. Unless you're trying to drive up, you know, the price of Justin Fields, maybe they keep him. And maybe, you know, you, you make some trades here. Atlanta needs a quarterback. And uh, Washington needs a quarterback. Patriots need a quarterback. Wait a minute. Uh, who's going to be trading up for that? What are you going to get for that? Washington's going to trade that? Well, the Raiders are also, keep an eye on the Raiders doing something as well. You know, because they're kind of in no man's land to get the big-name quarterbacks. And if you want to go up there, and I like Aiden O'Connell. I don't love Aiden O'Connell, but I like him. And can you go up? And what are you going to have to give up to go up and get one of those three quarterbacks? Because there's a big separation between Caleb, Drake, and Jaden. And then it dips down to Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr. the third, and J.J. McCarthy. It goes down a bit. Also, keep in mind, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is not going to be with Denver next year, in my opinion. I don't think that's going to happen. The question is, they're going to have to eat a lot of that salary, all of that salary, and Russ may end up 
somewhere where um, he's taken the league minimum. That's certainly been spoken about, and that would be interesting because Denver will then be in need of a quarterback. And I was told that J.J. McCarthy is a quarterback who would be on their radar. But once again, there's a lot of agendas. There's a lot of smoke. But Peter surprised me a little bit, and that's why I led the show with him. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW. Seton, what kind of poll question are you thinking about today? Look at you going deep right there. I know, I know. Dangerang. I wasn't prepared for that. Fired up, ready to go. Yes, Paul? It is interesting, though. The last two times the Chicago Bears had a top-five draft pick, 2017 they passed on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. And in How that, did that work out? And last year, now it's revisionist <laughs> history because people weren't in love with C.J. Stroud, but they passed on C.J. Stroud last year when they could have taken him or even traded down a spot and taken him. Yeah. There's got to be some paranoia in the building about passing again, yeah, I, it, ironically. It feels like they're going to do that again. Feels like it. See, and when, when you're scared of missing on someone, that's usually when you make a terrible pick, too. <laughs> that's true. That's usually when you make an absolutely awful one. Yeah. Um... Hey, how about we start with this? Uh, should storming the court be banned? Left turn. Uh, I, I want to spend a little bit of time on this with what happened with Wake Forest and Duke. So we'll address that coming up. We'll address a lot of things. You got baseball has see-through pants. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Is it see-through pants day at the ballpark? I don't know. I, I mean, it, it sounds like a marketing ploy. Hey, do you really want to see your star player? Randy Johnson really missed his Whoa! window there. Whoa. The big, the big unit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> honk, honk. We're back. Uh, what other questions do you have? Well, we could go with a better outfit than MLB's see-through pants or Rick Patino's all-white suit. That's a classic. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the white out at the garden. Yeah, yeah. got to... Rick, Rick hasn't had a good couple of weeks here. You know, I never understood this. Like, you love coaching. Is that coaching that you're, you know, you really you denigrate, deride your team, and you, you call people? Like, show some composure Facilities here. Facilities are terrible. Like, what are you doing? Our recruiting was awful. Why did you take the job? You got enough, retire. It's like Doc Rivers. Doc sounds miserable. Dude, didn't, don't take the job. What else do you have to see? i got to change the narrative about this 3-1 series lead thing. All right. Thank you, Doc. It's been a lot harder than I thought it'd be. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you thought he was walking into a ring. Yeah, and he might be, but good God. He sounds like he, you know, at gunpoint, they made him take it. Nope. You imagine. No, never mind. I'm not going to get it. <laughs> no. You know what? Let me take a break. We'll take a break, and then we'll settle on a poll question here. And uh, it's great to be back. It is. I missed you guys. And you too, Todd. Thank you. Although it's hard to miss you when I feel like you never leave me. That's fair. Like, there's a lot of pictures. I know where to find you guys. Photos, little rhyme time games that weren't actually rhyme time games. I know. And then there was a text that you sent. My wife goes, are you going to answer that? Because she saw that it was from you. And I go, no. I'll get around to it eventually. I'm going to see him next Monday. I said, it can hold, hon. It's not that serious. All right, let me take a break. We've got phone calls coming up. Jim Bayheim. they had Jim Bayheim Day yesterday at Syracuse. We did a video. I didn't know it was going to be shown on the Jumbotron, but it was shown on the Jumbotron. And we're roasting Jim Bayheim. Everybody else is, you know, saying great things about Jim Bayheim. 
we're up there making fun of him when he after a game at a press conference where he's going. Eh. It was shown on the jumbotron yesterday. Ah. All right, uh, let's take a break. Back after this, Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. We are back. It's hour two. Great to have time off, but we missed you. Gang's all here, including Fritzy. Jim Beheim. Jim Beheim day yesterday at Syracuse. He'll join us coming up. Get his thoughts on storming the court. Does he have a solution for that? And also the NCAA tournament. Could it expand to 96 teams? We'll talk to Coach coming up here in a moment. NFL Combine is happening. 
Peter King announced that he was going to retire. The uh, Football Morning in America columnist, former uh, Monday morning quarterback. And in his column today, he uh, floated the possibility of maybe the Bears trading the number one pick and then maybe getting the number two pick from Washington and maybe trading that as well, maybe coming away with a haul of nine draft picks in the first two rounds over the next two years. But uh, Peter floated that, didn't report it, just saying that uh, what he's hearing, the Bears are probably going to trade the number one pick. All right, stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of this program. It'll be Ohio State and Iowa uh, that'll be Caitlin Clark. That'll be a rematch. And uh, Iowa faces Minnesota at 9 Eastern. Uh, Ohio State faces Michigan at 6.30 Eastern. This will be on Peacock. That'll be Wednesday night basketball. And then you have Iowa and uh, Ohio State, the rematch, I believe, this weekend uh, with Caitlin Clark and Ohio State. All right, uh, we'll get to your phone calls coming up, as we always do every Monday. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Good morning if you're watching on Peacock. Also check in at the uh, NFL Combine, and Major League Baseball has a uniform issue. We'll have that for you coming up. I was watching the tribute to Jim Beheim yesterday. I had all these luminaries. Everybody's saying nice things. It's emotional. And uh, all of a sudden, they play our video because we were asked by Syracuse, hey, could you guys do something, say some nice things about Coach Beheim? And then we went around the room, Fritzy and Seton, Marvin, Paulie, and then myself, and then we kind of roasted Jim Beheim and then made fun of Jim after every game, win or lose, when he's at the press conference. <laughs> so they're showing this, and I'm cringing. I'm going, I thought this was just like a private thing for Jim. Not in front of 50,000 or how many people were there. So uh, the uh, former Syracuse head coach, Jim Beheim joining us on the program. Let me apologize on behalf of everyone here for absolutely nothing. You, that's that's the, our relationship, and uh, I'm glad that we, we closed you out that way. I would have expected nothing uh, else. Great. And, you know, it was 28 tributes, 26 very nice, well done. <laughs> and you and Gino, my good friend, Oriyama, were brutal. And it just, you know, was par for the course. You know, I mean, I'm expect that. And now even my wife doesn't like doing it. She was, she was like your only fan in Syracuse. Wow. So now, I mean, wow. your ratings just went probably 40% down losing her. So that's it. I mean, that's okay. We, we tried to say something nice. We did. We did. It's hard. I know. It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah, but this is the new Jim Beheim. You watch me on TV. I'm oh, smiling. I'm happy. Yeah, you know, look at you. Look at sickening. you. It's sickening. <laughs> and by I, the way, when you came on, I heard, who's the best player in all of sports to watch play right now? I'll, I'll say basketball. It okay. makes it easier for you. Okay. Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark. Yeah. Nobody else. Yeah. Steph Curry's close still, but she's moved past. And you know why I like her the most? Her passing skills yep. are unreal. She makes passes that are just subtle, 
that you have to know the game, which, I mean, nobody in your room there, I, no. mean, I know Absolutely. that would be hard. Yes. You have to understand the game. She makes subtle passes that really, it's incredible. I, I watch every game she's on. I mean, literally. But we don't have, have to Kate, watch her. We don't have Caitlin Clark without Steph Curry. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he's an influence on everybody. It's like Pearl Washington was the first influence on a generation of guards. Mm -hmm. And now it's, you know, Steph Curry. He's unique. <clears throat> I mean, it's not enough to say he's the best shooter of all time, which he is. But he's just a unique player to watch play. I mean, he's my favorite player to watch since probably... Michael Jordan, I guess, and Magic. Um, you know, some guys you just turn on the TV to watch. I mean, I have to stay up, and you know, I'm old now, and I stay up <laughs> to midnight to watch Steph Curry play because, uh, you know, you have to. You have to watch the guy play basketball. But she's just as fun to watch and uh, amazing. I, I just think she's an amazing player. And she probably needs to stay in college because she can probably make $4 million next year with the wonderful new system we have of NIL. <laughs> so uh, Wait, that sounded you know, sarcastic why? with the wonderful new system. A little bit. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit. It's okay. a great idea. NIL was a great idea. It's just it's just turned into we're going to buy these players, and that's the, what it is. It's Everybody knows it. It's pretty simple. Okay, could you give the green light to someone like Caitlin Clark? One of your players. 100%. 100%. I gave the green light to guys that weren't as good as her. Come on. But, I mean, <laughs> shooting that deep. I remember Steve Kerr, would he, would he would hold his head in his hands when Steph would take those long shots and then he would make them, and then he realized that he makes yeah. those. That's just who he is. It's just a few. You can, like, I tell players, hey, you can take any shot that you can make. I don't care where it is. Just as long as you can make it, you know, fire it, let it go. And, you know, some people can just do things other people can't do. Part of coaching is adjustments. You know, you, know, you adjust to those guys, and it's not hard to adjust to Steph Curry, trust me. You know, you just, okay. Pearl Washington was like that. He did some crazy things, but he, you know, he, he did them. And he entertained people. You know, we went from 15,000 people a game when Pearl Washington came to Syracuse. It was early. It was in the first, second year of the of the Carrier Dome, now the JMA Dome. But we went to 25,000 people in one year. <laughs> and it was because of Pearl. People wanted to watch this guy play. Yeah. And, you know, it was some people are like that. There's, there's great players, and then there's great players that everybody want to watch play. You know, that's. There's a, there is a difference. There's a difference. No question about it. All right. We're talking to uh, the former Syracuse head coach, Jim Beheim. A couple of things. Court storming. What would be your solution on how to police or prevent? Well, you put 100, 200 police officers there, you could do it. But, you know, I mean, I'm very sympathetic. I hope Kyle, I love Kyle Filipowski. I hope he's all right. I really do. But in all the years of all the court stormings I've seen, and, you know, I'm kind of old, so it's probably a couple hundred, right? I've never seen anybody get hurt. I mean, that's the first thing everybody's talked about since this happened. Mm -hmm. Player safety, players this. 
And I've never seen anybody get hurt. Now, it doesn't mean they couldn't get hurt, but it's, you know, it's, it, it's, you could stop it. I mean, you'd have to just ring the whole building with police officers with sticks and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you could stop it. Yeah, I mean, you can. But I've never seen anybody get hurt. This, the one, that was a fast court. Those people, you know, you know, those people that were storming the court there, you know, at Wake, they were fast. I mean, they must have had all the athletes running out there. But, but Usually coach, it's a kind of a slower one. <laughs> Wake was favored by two. You can't storm the court when you're favored. Well, when you haven't beaten Duke in 25 years, uh, you know, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you do, there is an occasion that you can storm the court. And it was a huge win for Wake. Is is you know, Joe Lenardi, as we all know, picked three ACC teams to go to the tournament just a month ago. And couldn't have been more wrong. We're going to have six in there, maybe more, <laughs> but at least that. Because you can't go, you know, by numbers. The net is the worst thing ever foisted upon us by the NCAA of a lot of bad things. Because you can play ten bad teams, beat them by a lot, and your net's going to be good because you cap the point spread, but you can't cap the efficiency of your offense and defense. And when you're playing bad teams and you win by 40, you're going to be very efficient on both ends. So your net's going to be great. So you just need to discount the net a little bit and try to find the best teams. And I'm not saying they're ACC teams. We'll have some of them, but you have to look for the best teams, not teams that have the best net, because you can get a net by playing nobody and winning big. And we need to understand. I think the NCAA committee understands that. I think that's been talked about a lot. And we have to get back to finding the best teams. And the the end result, when you get to the end of Selection Sunday, you want to have the best teams in the tournament. And you have to watch teams play and see their improvement. More so now than ever, I, I believe in the whole season is important. But with the transfer portal, so many new teams that you have to watch teams at the middle and end of the year to see how they've developed from beginning to end and when you have so many transfers, you're not going to be as good in the beginning. Yeah. And you might be really good at the end. So even though you take the whole season into consideration, you have to put some little emphasis on the last 15 or 20 games. But speaking of whatever. the tournament, the new president of the NCAA, I guess, is floating the idea of expanding the tournament to 96 schools. <laughs> Listen, I've talked about this for 40 years. It doesn't hurt a thing to expand the tournament. If anything, in the first rounds, you get the bad teams out. You'll end up with a better 68 or 64 if you do it that way. You get more fan bases involved. You get more players in the tournament. And you don't hurt the tournament at all. And you can do it. I don't know if you get to 96. But we have a play-in days right now. Well, just have three plans at three at the four sites where the tournament's going to be. So if you win your plan, you're right there 
It's your site. Now you don't have to I go. I can't believe eat. you're agreeing with the NCAA. What happened to you? It's, oh, it's hard. It's hard. Trust me. And it's only once out of, <laughs> hey, everybody's right once a day. Every clock's right twice a day. A broken clock, right? Yeah. But, no, they. this is, we should expand. I know all these purists say, oh, we don't, you know. Well, what if we were still where we started at 12? John Wooden was a great coach. We were at 16. He didn't want to expand. Best coach ever in history, right? No, we don't need to expand. Well, then we went to 32, 48, 60. Is the tournament is good now or better? It's better. So you add a few teams. So what? It's over. You can get it over. In a couple of days, be down to 64 teams. Go forward. Yeah. It's no big deal. It's the same in football. You, you, you know, they should have expanded the football right away. It should have been. Wherever it is, 12, 16. Yeah. Uh, before I let you go, did you uh, ever cross paths with Pete Maravich? I know his name's come up now because of Caitlin Clark. and Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I saw him play in person once. And it was in the NIT in New York. And in those days, you know, you hadn't seen him. You know, he was at LSU. You really hadn't seen him. The first play, he caught the ball at a rebound, took one dribble and threw a behind-the-back length of the court pass to a guy who caught it and laid it in. And I'm, I go like, who? Well, that was good. <laughs> the guy was Caitlin Clark, you know, what was it, 40 years ago, 50. Yeah. Fabulous, unbelievable offensive machine. He could do things with a basketball that really no, even Steph Curry can't do. Just dribble things, passing things. I mean, the guy was in a good conference and was defended with boxing ones all the time. And averaged 40 points a game. Now, you know, who can do that? How many people can do that? Not many. And not the three-point shot either. If you factor that in, he's no. he probably would have ended his career, you know, Fifty five hundred points. Yeah. yeah, he would have had fifty average fifty a game every time. But thanks for the nice tribute to me. I, it's good to bring you down bring people down. You know, when yeah. you lift, when other people are lifting you up, it's good that, you know, somebody's there like you and Gino, just to you know, I'm a member of the your group now. You gotta be nice mm, to me. No, I'm not no, letting no. you in yet. No, 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 yet. no, right. no. And by the way, you know what? We yeah. we made fun of Coach K, so if we can make fun of Coach K, we <laughs> we can make fun of you. Well, he, absolutely, he's the best. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not even in the same. <laughs> kid. I'm not in the same same room. One one time, a guy in Syracuse tried to compare, compare me to Coach Wooden. And I said, well, yeah, I mean, we're similar. He's on the penthouse, and I'm in the basement. Okay. That's, about the, that's about how close we are. You know, I think I've worked my way up to about the fifth floor. No, you're in the but, kitchen. Uh, you're in the kitchen, maybe. Kitchen. Easy. Yeah. Well, Easy. That's a good place to be. Yes. Yeah. There's food there. Everything right? happens yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah, you're not going to get to All the penthouse. I know is you've come a long way since <laughs> I met you with Kevin Costner, and you were just a guy in the TV. You were what? You were just. Doing the news or sports or whatever. I was at CNN. So, I, I was at CNN. Yeah. In Atlanta. Yeah. And, uh. And no, and no, you were in the room. Nobody even knew who you were. They did not. Girl. They did not. That was it. Yeah, there was, there was a girl who was interested in me. 
and Costner and Costner went over and and he said he started talking to her and then he sees me and he goes I get out of here I'm going to take one for you I go all right so Kevin Costner took one for me as he uh, chatted up this woman but um all right my best to uh, your well, wife is always 75 years old she, all right time, that's okay wasn't, that's no. okay that's right. okay that's right. uh, <laughs> stay in touch and uh Congratulations on your day. A special yeah, when you day. need to get a boost in your ratings, just call me. I'll be happy to come out. All no right. Thank you. Let's all say goodbye to uh, Coach Beheim going. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Coach K. Or Coach Beheim. Coach Beheim. Yeah, we really showed him. <laughs> you know, take that. Yeah. <laughs> you want to feel good about yourself? Come on here for a couple minutes. Today's Mercedes-Benz interview of the day is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz EV. Owning a Mercedes-Benz EV isn't just extraordinary, it's extra easy. The vehicle's all electric, feeling all Mercedes, the choice all yours. Learn more at mbusa.com slash EQ. We'll take a break. We're going to go to the Combine. Tom Pellicero, NFL Network Insider, get his thoughts on what Peter King floated in his column today about the possibility that the Bears trade the number one pick. We'll have that for you coming up right after this Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. 
If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. More phone calls coming up. People have suggestions on how to stop court storming. And as Jim Beheim just pointed out, didn't sound like he had a problem with it because he said, how many times does somebody actually get injured? Hmm. I don't know if I want to flirt with it that way to say, hey, nobody's gotten hurt in a long time. Oh, somebody twisted their ankle. Happens to be one of the stars of Duke. You know, we tend to overreact. I get it. We're a reactionary society, certainly when it comes to sports. But I would like to think there is a better way to police this. And uh, maybe you don't show the court storming. I don't know if that's a solution or not. But I'm open to your suggestions here. Tom Pelissero, NFL Network Insider. He is in Indianapolis, the Combine. He's there for the NFL Network, and uh, that'll be Thursday through Sunday. Tom, thanks for joining us. What's the uh, what's the hotel lobby buzz? What's the number one topic in Indianapolis? Well, Dan, that'll pick up uh, starting later today. Most NFL uh, teams, coaches, players, GMs, or excuse me, executives, scouts, GMs, they'll get in town. Later today, the players just started getting in. The first groups yesterday were D-linemen and linebackers, so this sort of ramps up gradually throughout the course of the week. I would say, you know, as the, the bars and the restaurants and the lobbies fill up here, big part of it starts out at number one in the draft and exactly what the Bears are going to end up doing, what the Bears end up doing with Justin Fields. Um, obviously, Caleb Williams, there's a lot of signs pointing toward the Bears just standing pat and taking him at number one overall. Uh, but certainly there are going to be conversations and phone calls and they still got to meet with the guy. They got to meet all these, uh, you know, rookie quarterbacks coming into the league. So that's part of the process throughout the course this week. Certainly you've got some other, you know, potential trade, uh, options out there, uh, as we go through this process, some other quarterbacks that could be on the move. What happens with Russell Wilson? What happens with Mac Jones? What happens at a different level with, Zach Wilson, those are some of the questions as you go through it. And then, you know, you can just go down the list and look at some of the teams with a lot of, you know, older, more expensive players. What does Jim Harbaugh do with all those guys that he's got on his roster who are making a ton of money, like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Derwin James and Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa? Those are some of the storylines here on top of, obviously, um, you know, two weeks from today, the free agent negotiating window opens. And if history is any guide, a lot of those big deals, maybe sort of, even if it's not allowed, might be sort of done here in Indianapolis. I don't know if you saw Peter King's column today where he announced his retirement from writing the column, but he also floated the idea of the Bears maybe trading that number one pick, keeping Justin Fields, and then maybe trading that pick, uh, you know, another pick, and basically accumulating nine first and second round picks over the next two years. Now, Peter just floating something isn't just anybody floating something here. What do you make of what Peter was suggesting? Well, first of all, love Peter. And I think that I've got similar stories to a lot of other people, you know, through the years of being a young, I'm not that young anymore, but a young up and coming reporter and getting a random call or text or email from Peter King saying, hey, I like like that thing you did, Tom. That was really good. There's so many of us who, you know, Peter, we grew up reading him in Sports Illustrated. And then, you know, he made you feel like you were an equal. And he actually did something at the Super Bowl this past year, invited a bunch of reporters out just for a, a big dinner with a bunch of people from uh, competing outlets and asked us at dinner to 
you know, share stories of something we learned from the past year. And those are things that just don't happen in the mm. modern era of journalism. And so for Peter to put that together, I like I walked away going, that was one of like the most meaningful things that I've done in quite a while, just hearing other people's experiences, meeting some some young up and coming people, the people who are actually young now. And um, you know, that was that was really cool. But that's stuff that, you know, Peter's done for a long time. He's done his job at a high level uh, for a long time. As far as the Bears uh, and the possibility of trading back, what I would tell you, Dan, is the Bears have not made final decisions on what they're going to do. They've not finalized anything internally. They have not, despite some questions I've heard from people in the league in the past couple of days, they have not communicated anything to Caleb Williams saying that we're definitely taking you at number one. And there's always the possibility that someone is going to make you an offer that makes you reconsider whatever your inclination was. I mean, if you go again through this offseason here and the way that they've handled things publicly, the way that they had handled the offensive coordinator search and hiring Shane Waldron to run a certain style of offense, there's a lot of arrows that point toward this is going to end up being Caleb Williams at number one. But again, if you have that opportunity, if you're going to trade down once, why would you not contemplate trading down twice? Unless you're going to take one of the other quarterbacks or if you're trying to only move back a spot and let's say take Marvin Harrison Jr. or something, you could potentially trade down and continue to amass you know, picks into the future. Having said that, you've also got Matt Eberflus, Ryan Poles. They're entering year three. Year three is always critical decision time. I don't want to say make or break, but in a lot of ways, anytime you're into year three, you're either going to work your way into a contract extension or you're going to work your way into somebody else having your job to trade completely out of it to not reset at the quarterback position would be a substantial gamble. It's one more reason that, again, nothing done, but one more reason to believe ultimately it's Caleb Williams, number one in Chicago. Tom Pelissero, NFL Network Insider. Explain to me the options that the Broncos have with Russell Wilson. Same options that they had last year uh, during training camp in the bye when they approached Russell Wilson about something that, quite frankly, in one regard or another, happens all the time in the NFL. In this case, it was not taking a pay cut, which dozens of players do every year. It was not giving up money. It was pushing back the vesting date on his 2025 injury guarantee to 2025 instead of having the early vesting, which if they kept Russell Wilson on the roster beyond this March 17th, now you're locked into $76 more million to Russell Wilson instead of the 39 that they own this year whether Russell Wilson is on the team or not. So the options are, once again, they can re-engage, and Russell Wilson can agree to accept a delay in the vesting because he's not going to be uh, a Bronco if he's not adjusted his contract come March 17th, or they, you know, in all likelihood would release him. I don't really anticipate a trade market arising there, so it's either release or he does the restructure. You know, the issue that you have here, because think about this, Dan, you go back to the bye week, in the fall. And I know the version Russell Wilson has told. I know the version that his publicist and his agent and everybody else have put out there. From the Broncos' perspective, they were trying to do a deal that would actually keep Russell Wilson in Denver for 2024. In other words, if you didn't have to worry about that future money vesting, you would just pay him $39 million this year. You maybe would draft one, maybe not. You'd Keep your options open at the quarterback position. But Russell Wilson would absolutely be the starting quarterback of the Broncos in 2024. I know he said in that interview with Brandon Marshall that he wants to be in Denver. Well, there's one way to do that, which is taking something in terms of an adjusted contract, a delayed vesting date, that last time the Broncos, in in their opinion, good faith, 
proposes a way to keep you here. Instead, you filed a complaint with the NFL Players Association and went public and called them all a bunch of liars and said that you got benched over money. That's a lot to come back from, Dan. <laughs> but if Russell Wilson and the Broncos look out there at their options and realize we're not really going to do better here and it doesn't make sense, there's still that possibility that they could find a path forward, but it's going to have to involve Russell Wilson taking a contract adjustment that he just hasn't been willing to do to this point. Let me go back to the combine with the quarterbacks that a lot of them aren't throwing or maybe doing workouts. But if you said to NFL teams, would you rather have the interviews and the medicals over throwing, working out at the combine if you're trying to assess these quarterbacks? Yeah, you would rather have you know the interviews and the medicals, especially you know, there are some of these guys who that's going to be really big on. For Michael Penix Jr., he's had so many injuries through the years, getting his medical, that's going to be, that's the, I, I talked to a executive a couple of days ago, just asking the questions on the quarterbacks. He said, okay, with Penix, it's medical, medical, and medical. Cause there's so much there that you got to wrap your mind around. That's going to be a big part of the process with him. You know, and in the interviews, I think that Jaden Daniels and Caleb Williams, two guys who don't plan to throw here, those are going to be, you know, really important. There's some things that people want to peel back the layers of with Jaden Daniels. And with Caleb Williams, you know, he's from, just he might be like kind of the first true new era NIL baby at quarterback. In other words, he's already been a professional for several years. He's made a ton of money. He's basically left in free agency in college. You know, he you know is <laughs> living large in Los Angeles, and he's you know obviously an unbelievably talented player. But he's gonna you know he's got a different team. He doesn't have a customary agent. I'm not really anticipating that he does the medical here either. He's probably just going to show up do the interviews and that's going to be it. Um, and, and you're just going to want to get to know him and get to know, you know, can you ramp him up quickly enough as a player in the NFL? You can deal with, you know, the fact that he's got other interests and he's going to have some different things around him. Um, I don't think there's anything that's bad there, but, you know, actually getting to sit down and get a feel for Caleb Williams, the person, and find out a little bit more about the support system that he has around him. I think it's going to be big for the Bears and everybody else making this evaluation. Uh, I'll leave you with this. With the salary cap going up, give us the team to keep an eye on spending money in free agency. I mean, there's a lot. It, it is funny because, you know, when the cap goes up, it goes up for every team, right? So all these fans are like, oh, now we've got money. It's like everybody else has that more money too. <laughs> but I have talked to GMs. I talked to one a few minutes before we got on this show who was saying, that's pretty good for us because if you're a team – was over the cap or had some big money stuff or you're trying to eat money and whatever this year, having that extra, depending on what you were budgeting at, 10, 12, 15 million dollars can potentially be huge. It does lend a little bit more flexibility. Now, those same players are going to be more expensive now because there is more money uh, in the marketplace here. But in terms of, you know, who's actually spending in free agency, you know, the Patriots have a ton of money and they've got a roster that really needs an influx um, of talent to it. You know, they're not trying to win the Super Bowl this year any more than any other team is, but they're not, in other words, going all in because they've got so far to go here. But, you know, that's a, certainly a team that I think you're going to see be active uh, as we go through the free agency period here. Beyond that, I think it's going to be a lot of the, a lot of the usual suspects that like to spend in free agency. There are some teams that are fundamentally opposed to doing it. There are other teams that, you know, always want to be in that mix, even a team like Denver, just knowing how you know Sean Payton thinks, I don't know if they're going to make the same splash that they made last year, pumping a ton of money into the offensive line. 
But, you know, Sean wants veterans. Sean coming up in New Orleans is no stranger to borrowing money from the future to make something happen now. And that's where, you know, when we talk about the Broncos having all options on the table still at quarterback, I wouldn't rule out anything in Denver, including taking a big swing at a guy like Kirk Cousins, who I know is already throwing. He's already dropping back, coming off that torn Achilles. He's going to be 36 before the season, but he is going to have a significant market. And if you're Sean Payton and you're sitting there realizing you got to compete with Jim Harbaugh and Andy Reid in the division, you're probably going to be best served doing that with a veteran quarterback, whether that's Russell Wilson or somebody else. they got to figure out what the pathway is to get one. Have fun there. Good to talk to you as always. Thanks for joining us, Tom. Thanks, Dan. That's Tom Pelissero, NFL Network Insider. NFL Network providing live coverage at the Combine Thursday through Sunday. Yeah, a lot of these quarterbacks, including Caleb Williams, they're going to go, but they're not going to work out. And as my source has told me before, having been at the Combine, been in these interviews, uh, getting the medicals is really, really important. Uh, you know, how, how tall is somebody? Uh, do, they, do they look like they'll get bigger? Can they get bigger? How much energy uh, you know, have they used in college with all the injuries that they've had and all the games they've played? And you know, Are you ready for the grind that's known as the NFL? And then you're not going to throw. We, we assume that and you have a pro day, but they're all scripted. You should be really good when you do your pro day or you throw. At the Combine, if I'm one of the top picks, I'm not, I'm not going to be throwing. I'm not going to be running pass patterns. I'm just not. I would be like, let me go in there, interview well, let them see the medicals. Although if Caleb's not, I don't know if that's a red flag where people are going to say, you know, is he hiding something? Michael Penix Jr., he has to do this. He must try to put the fears to rest. He's had a couple of ACLs. You just want to make sure he does have the talent. Does he have the durability? We'll take a break. We'll give you our best and worst of the weekend. More phone calls as well. A lot of people have thoughts on court storming. We'll have that for you coming up after this. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. 
When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. PGA Tour begins its Florida swing. It'll be uh, the Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches. Rory McIlroy and the stars of the tour are uh, in Florida, as is Jeff Passan of the Mothership, senior baseball insider. Before we get to Jeff, uh, this uh, statement from Major League Baseball, the uniform pants have the same material and thickness as the uniform pants used last season. There were changes to the fabric of the jersey, not the pants, baseball said. A baseball spokesman told ESPN that Nike, Fanatics, and MLB representatives have been making adjustments to the jerseys based on player requests made during spring training. Now, there was a report, or at least some of the players said, the pants are see-through. Let's bring in Jeff Passan. Jeff, of all the things I've ever had you on, I don't know if I've ever had you on for see-through pants. So how did we get here with the uniform change or changes in Major League Baseball? Man, I'm just hoping there's not see-through pants under your desk right there. Um, <laughs> I don't have pants ma- on. Uh, beauty. Yeah. Beauty. Uh, you know, Major League Baseball can say all that it wants, that the material of the pants is the same, and that you know the, this is just a, a change in the fit of them or the, the ability to customize them. But the truth, like the the only thing that matters is that we've seen things that we should not see this spring and that we have not seen in past springs. We have seen um, twig and berries, if you want to call it that, or wow. Wow. I mean, wow. junk, uh, however you want to put it. We done seen it so far, okay. and that is the change from the past. <laughs> that that gives a whole new meaning to junk ball pitcher. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, how did baseball not know that this was happening? You know, when you go through a new manufacturing process, there are always errors that come out. And, and that, to me, is the most frustrating thing about this entire story. I cover a sport, Dan whose resonance among fans isn't quite the same as it used to be, and that is always looking for entrees uh, into new groups of people to watch. And if your marketing is you can see our players' nether regions, something's not going right there. And the immediate reaction, the very simple reaction to this should not be but wait, they were see-through in years past, too, which is what Major League Baseball is trying to say right now, and you know, which, which may be true. But 
The important thing is fixing the issue that you've got right now. And it doesn't seem as if they're doing a whole lot to fix this or change it. And that's the frustrating part of it, that everyone's kind of pointing fingers at one another. You know, Nike is the, the, the you know, new manufacturer of the uniforms. And they're looking at Fanatics and saying, yeah, you know, it's, it's Fanatics that soon. And Fanatics is looking at Nike and saying, well, we're just going off the designs that they sent us. And you don't solve problems by pointing fingers. This is a problem because I am on the Dan Patrick show. And the first question that he asked me was about the ability to see players through their pants. Like, if that's not a problem that you should be uh, you should be out there trying to solve instantaneously, you've taken the wrong path. But I have a problem, though, that that the jerseys. I mean, I had these yeah. uniforms when I was in Little League where they would take an iron and then they could, you know, put your name on or your number on, and you're going to probably still charge the same to fans. Like, there's no raised lettering here. I mean, there's nothing that right. says, boy, that's quality here. No, it looks like a minor league uniform. And, and I don't even mean, like, minor league baseball. I mean, like, weekend guys – go into the park um it, it you know it's chico's bail bonds <laughs> that's what it looks like right now and it you know you don't understand how much better the large lettering looks until you see the small lettering but we had an example of this just last year dan do you remember during the world baseball classic great britain's yes. uniforms <laughs> It looked like Times New Roman 12-point font. And and we saw just how goofy it could be when the lettering compared to the people who are wearing the actual letters is as small as it is. And to, you know, to have those sorts of jerseys now, it, it's just been catastrophic from top, literally, mm. to unfortunately bottom. Showing your bottom. Um Help me understand expansion, the possible expansion. I know you've mentioned two cities. What kind of is there a time frame for expansion with Major League Baseball? Yeah, but it's probably not until the end of this decade. So we're a while off here. And I think the process would probably be a little bit quicker because expansion fees are going to be obscene. You know, we're talking two plus billion dollars, Dan, per franchise. When the last time baseball expanded, it was like a hundred thirty million dollar expansion fee. So it's enormous money. There are people who are motivated to do it. The problem is there are a couple of issues that need to be resolved first. Um, Tampa Bay and Oakland, uh, you know, the Rays are trying to get a new stadium uh, in St. Pete. And while it looks promising, they've got to pass a couple of votes to, before it goes through. Oakland, on the other hand, you know, as much of a disaster as the uniforms have been this spring, uh, the A's are uh, probably ahead of them just in terms of messing things up. And so, while they've got agreements in place to play in Las Vegas for the 2028 season, uh, there is no shovel in the ground yet. There's not going to be for a while now. And uh, ineptitude is is really the modus operandi of the Oakland A's ownership at this point. And so I, I don't think anybody thinks it's a fate accompli that they're going to end up in Las Vegas. And that's been hanging over the game. And Rob Manfred has said, we're not going to do anything until Tampa and Oakland are resolved. Beyond that, 
while Major League Baseball can unilaterally say, hey, we want to expand, the actual expansion process needs the Major League Baseball Players Association's backing. And that's the sort of thing that doesn't happen until a collective bargaining agreement is negotiated. And so part of the CBA after the 2026 season, when it expires, is going to include expansion processes. How do you draft guys? When do they start picking minor leaguers? Those sorts of things. And until those are in place, it's really impossible to say, yes, you go ahead and get that stadium started and crank on this franchise because, you know, the stadiums are costing a billion, a billion and a half, two billion dollars. The the two cities you mentioned, Nashville, which has been uh, promoting this this Nashville Stars brand successfully for a while now, and Salt Lake City, which has this sprawling, enormous plan that the Miller family is going to pay $3.5 billion to make come a reality. Those are the two favorites right now, but when you have so many years, Dan, until the actual expansion is going to take place, weird things can happen in terms of who's a favorite and who falls back in the pack. I think I said Nashville sounds. It, it, That's the triple A team. Okay. 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 Yep. You're, you got. You got it. Don't okay. Worry. Just wanted to make sure. Will Just Shohei Otani be playing in April? Yes. I, I think he'll probably be playing in March. I think he'll be playing in Korea. Um, okay. You know, the plan this whole time, at very least, they had a template for it, and that template was him. Because remember, he's had Tommy John surgery and gone out and hit the next season. So he knows what his body needs. He knows when he needs rest. He knows when he can push. He knows what he's feeling. All, all these things, you know, when he's been taking live batting practice, he's looked like Shohei Otani. I, I was there for his first live BP, and he absolutely crushed a home run off of J.P. Fire Eisen. So uh, he's going to be fine. I just think they're being very judicious about it because – Remember, you don't pay a guy $700 million coming off of, you know, his second major elbow procedure unless you reasonably think he's going to be pitching again. And so while that's not going to be this season, uh, the Dodgers want to do everything they can to ensure that when he comes back, he is the same quality pitcher that he was, or at least as close to that sort of pitcher that he was before he got hurt. Hopefully we uh, we won't be talking see-through clothes the next time I have you on, but I listen. I it's hilarious to me. Like it's kind of sad and it's a little embarrassing. And when people who aren't fans of baseball are texting you saying, "Hey, uh, when did baseball turn into porn?" Like that. That's not sort of the thing that you're exactly excited about hearing. But I find it hilarious, and I will talk about uh, uh, about sheer pants with you anytime, I like Dan that. Patrick. That is hot. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Take it easy, buddy. Uh, that's Jeff Passon of the Mothership Baseball Insider. I know. Maybe it's a ratings ploy. That is hot. That is hot. Yes, Marvin. Can we get Frank Thomas to do a commercial for whoa, the see-through pants? Whoa. The big hurt? <laughs> and she'll, she'll like, like it, it too. <laughs> How do you already know that, Frank? Yeah. Yeah. I don't really like what you're implying about maybe some history here. Yeah. What do you, wait. What do you know about my wife here? How do you know she's going to like it? Yeah. Honey? I guarantee it. Honey? Yeah. Do you have something? Honey, do you, have you met Frank Thomas before? And then she has that little coy, innocent look there. Yes, Tom. And, they, and they, are they still offering free samples for those of us who would like to try it for ourselves? <laughs> yes, probably. I'm on MLB's website, and you can still buy jerseys from last year of players. So, like, 
let's say, uh, you know, you could buy last year's player if they're still can on the I, roster. Can I buy Otani Dodger jersey, but it's last year's uniform? I'm checking. But by the way, there's nowhere on the site where you could buy Major League Baseball official pants. Why is that? That's an underserved market. <laughs> I'm like, I would buy a jersey. I don't, I don't know how many people show up at a game in full uniform. See, maybe that's the new thing. Maybe they're going <laughs> to double sales by offering pants online. See-through pants. Yeah. I would love some Cubs pinstripe pants. <laughs> yes. Now we're really regretting managers wearing them, too. Oh, like, man. God. Come on, Skip. Yeah. Skip going out there Cover to the yourself. mound. Cover yourself. <laughs> <laughs> He's excited about this pitching change. Yeah. Yeah, he's pointing to the lefty. Yeah, arguing balls and strikes. Ooh. Like, oh, we are. Hey, nah. Oh, come on, easy now, hey, Mark. Come show. on, you're better than that. You're better than that. Carlos in Miami. Hi, Carlos. What's on your mind? Hey, um, Mr. Dan, how are you doing? Great. Thank you, everybody, for listening in the show. So, I was talking about the storming of the court. Yep. Um, my idea is you can do like high profile, like they do with the singers. Just put five trained crew members, like bodyguards, and when it's rushing, they just rush to the players and they protect them on the court. And then, you know, people know whoever's aiming at them, they're, they're, they're going to get uh, dealt with. Just, just you, you cover the, the high profile asset that's on the court. Yeah, I just want to cover the entire team. That's all. The visiting team should be protected. They didn't sign up for this. They should be protected to get to the locker room. Maybe that's all we can ask. Yes, Paulie. I'm on the L.A. Dodgers website, as I always am this time of day. And if you want an Otani jersey or anyone else, you got to get the new officially licensed. Uh, uh, the Nike Fanatics jersey? Yeah, the Vapor jersey they're calling this. And it's the print-on, not the stitching. You can buy old Dodgers. like a, You can buy a Fernando Valenzuela throwback jersey with proper stitching and raised lettering. But I, I know that they're trying to make the a better design for the players. They have to wear it every day. You got to wear it in really, you know, hot temperatures. They want to make it so it's it's comfortable. I'm, I mean, I don't. Are we Lulu lemoning the uh, Major League Baseball here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. Yeah, I I don't know. Feels like there's a happy medium between nudity. And the old school of a nice uniform, a nice jersey, raised lettering. And it looked great. Now, all of a sudden, it just looks like it's bad news bears. Yes, Paul. It is funny, though, because if you've ever worn a Major League Baseball uniform or held one, it's the last thing you'd want to wear in 90-degree weather. And plus, a black belt is rarely worn. Got to gotta have the belt. What sporting events have belts involved? Well, know? my old, uh, this was junior high uh, basketball shorts had a belt. <laughs> we had belts, like the you know, they were those satin shorts. <laughs> belt up, Patrick, get in the game. <laughs> they, you know, it, it, you could use the belt as a weapon if you wanted to. You could cut somebody. I mean, not that I did, but they could have done that to me to try to stop me. But no suspenders, though. No, 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 no. I did have a belt. Our, we had these shiny trunks that had a belt on it. Yes, yes, Mark. So Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points wearing satin and a belt? Yeah. Greatest player ever. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that satin is how he was so successful whoa, elsewhere, too. Whoa. No, no. because it, it, it didn't help me. Then, oh. It didn't help me. Well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to go any further. We probably shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the problem. I didn't go any further. How about we take a break? 
We'll uh, last call for votes. You were holding up the sign in front of you with zero points. Yes, scored. yes. Zero, zero, zero instead of one, zero, zero. <laughs> Take a break. Last call for phone calls. Back after this. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.